shot at the plate. Here's the relay. Valentin in time. Welcome to Card Wars. Here are your hosts, Paul LaDuca and Caleb Keller. Oh, welcome back to Card Wars. I'm Caleb and he is Paul and we are spending Cousin Sal's money on some little cardboard classics. And Paul, how about uh, last week as we told the listeners we had a rare new card show coming to my hometown here as we're in town for the meet. In Indiana, and well, it was a great success. No, it really was. It was actually really fun. It was a Knights of Columbus show. The tables were fifteen dollars a table to get down. I want to say when we walked in, there had to be Maybe eight, eight to ten. It was a small show. It was a small show. Okay, and when we walked in, a lot of uh, um, Pokemon cards. By the way, do you have Pokemon cards? They're coming back big time. So, um, but it was so much fun. It first of all. We've all been going through this pandemic. We've all been going through a lot. And a lot of people, especially in our own families, and if you're out there struggling and and going through a lot, we understand. But to be out in public and to be at a card show, and I hadn't been in a card show forever, was was truly amazing. And then to cut a deal with a 12-year-old kid that reminded me of myself at that age made it even more special at a Knights of Columbus where when I was younger... I actually did shows at Knights in Columbus in Arizona. I feel great about my purchases so far. I'm going to do a quick tally. I've spent $1,482 of Sal's money, and I have felt like I've jumped out of the gates very strongly in this competition. That is until you pulled the first whale here yeah. at the show. Well, I'm at, uh, I was looking last night, I'm at $2,600 of what I've, I've spent. Um, I have the two McNeils that he's got one home run, and I don't know why he's batting seventh. They are, uh, they got shipped to New York, and those were 400 for both of those. And then, yeah, so what ended up happening was we're at the Knights of Columbus, and if you haven't seen it, you can go to my Instagram, Laduca16, or um, his is Jersey under slash mojo. Um, and I, this kid is wheeling and dealing with me a 12 year old with a John Morant number 12 jersey on, by the way, yeah, and. I wanted the I wanted the the box of um, Prism basketball, and then I wanted what was the other box I bought? I bought a, it was a Prism football. football, Prism football, and he wanted three seventy five for both of them. But his father would not. But his father would let him budge on this and some other cards that I bought from him. So then I just opened up the pack. And by the way, people don't budge on Prism prices. No, they don't. They don't. Here's the crazy part: is what I loved about the whole situation was his dad let him make the decisions he kept peeking over at his dad and his dad's like hey this is your deal let's go so um i had asked for this card right here which is a let's see if we can get it closer i got this card right here um which is jordan barkley and this and i bought that and i forget what the other card was for and he worked me Oh, for the Jokic book. <laughs> Don't tell me you got work by the Knights of Columbus. I didn't know. He wanted 350 for these two. So if you look, this is a book of Jokic, um, Harden. Paul George. Paul George. And it's a sweet book. The back is not in the best condition and a little bit on top, but it's still a pretty good card that I think you can turn over the Nationals. I know the big men don't sell. So then I'm pulling packs, pulling packs. We bring them back to the firehouse. Where my brother-in-law where works. Where your brother-in-law works. And then... I got the orange ice. 
Orange Ice LeBron. That has been really the chase card of Prism this year. He's doing the ode to Kobe dunk. They made it a full screen sideways card, and yeah. that thing looks tremendous. In Orange well, the Ice. thing is, is like like you said. So when you look, when you get cards now, it's really crazy how it fluctuates. And Caleb has really been showing me a lot too. And me being a guy that's getting back into it, and I've always been into it. Um, that this card at one time is thirteen hundred. He sprains his ankle. It's down to six hundred. When he gets back on the court, I've been told it's a thousand dollar bill. It's close to fifteen hundred. So I'm going to sit on it. Obviously, um, of the football, didn't pull much. I wonder what this is. At least it's a Brady in, in, in a uh, in a um, I guess a Buccaneer uniform and a couple other guys. I did get a Justin Jefferson sort of beast but um although you kind of got robbed on the football box because on the box itself it says one autograph on average and then we get down to the last pack we're thinking it's got to be in this one and you pull out what nothing and here's the thing i knew it because after i pulled that lebron i'm like there's no way that i just pulled this monster lebron now i'm gonna pull a monster box of football and when i pulled the football i didn't get one autograph but listen that happens um and then i bought two mount castles at the show who's still struggling a little bit, but I'm still going to stick with them. And here was the best part about it. After I bought like $600 worth of cards, the 12-year-old goes, since you bought $600 in cards, you can reach into the $5 box. So I got an Emmanuel quickly, just for the heck of it. But just the way the kid worked it, it reminded you, I mean, I don't know if it reminded of yourself, like wheeling and dealing when you were younger, but it reminded me of myself wheeling and dealing when I was younger. No, I mean, I was... I was on the buyer side of the table when I was 12 making deals, but never on the seller side like that and, and being customer friendly and uh, getting the deal done and telling you, whatever you like, we'll work out a he deal. He was polite. He knew what he was doing at his age. He knew the exact prices. He's like, you want to mix with this, with this? He did exactly. He, that's why I bought with him. Mm-hmm. Because I was looking at, you and I were looking at Lamellos that night. There was a ton of Lamellos there because everybody, he's hurt. Everybody had it for 45. Then you no, go to the next day, it was 25. The then the next was, guy was 20. They and it was like, cheaper. they kept on getting cheaper. And he had some. And so he, the kid knew his collection, which I love at that age because it's something that I did. You know, it was my passion, you know? Well, the table right next to the 12 year old kid was a little bit of an older, uh, I'd say a teenager, something in high school. And he was away from the booth for just a second. And I asked his dad a couple of questions, and his dad was like clueless. He said, Look, I got no idea what's going on here, but my son is all into this. So his son was completely running the table. The one next door, his dad didn't have anything to do with it. And he said, look, as his son was gone, he said, my son has learned more from doing this business in the last year than he's done in pandemic school. Well, here's the thing is, you're right. Because when you at a card show and you're dealing, you're dealing with characters, first of all, you're wheeling and dealing, you're learning life lessons. That conversation that that kid had with me, I, I felt like I was having a conversation with a 20-year-old. Um, and now we live in the world where we want our kids to sort of be away from everybody. His father just let him do that deal. And that was something my dad let me do. And it, you grow up faster. You learn how to do stuff. He was selling it to mm-hmm. me at 12, selling it. And you're right. He had the John Morant Grizzly uniform on. And, and they had a nice little collection, him and his father. I think, you know, a patch card isn't as condition sensitive as, let's say, a base rookie card. But he even noticed that the Jokic had one tiny little corner. I'll take off 25 for the corner. Yeah, he did. He did. I go, listen, the Jokic got a little corner. He's like, you know what? I'll take the 25. So the kid knew how to work the deal. He probably wanted to get rid of the book. I get it. If Jokic goes off, that thing's probably maybe going to double, if that. So it was just like a little swing card. 
I just never seen those book cards like that. I thought it was a cool card, to be honest with you. Yeah, when I got towards the last table, I saw some things that I liked, and when we you- went, to be honest with you, we went all the way around, and it started closing up, mm-hmm. and the guy at the last table had the best premier stuff, did mm-hmm. he not? Yeah, you know, I mean, there wasn't, it was a Knights of Columbus in Indiana. With I get table. it. There wasn't any huge high-end, but um, this guy had a Donovan Mitchell Prism rookie. By the way, we're right across the river from Louisville where he played college. And then he also had an opening day, a blue parallel Bo Bichette, which I thought was pretty sweet, him playing for the Blue Jays. And the thing is, you don't want to sit there and hover over the cards and do your eBay comps, but I kind of just lurked back a little bit because I was curious on those two. Well, the last eBay comp for the Donovan Mitchell was 85, which it had been well mm-hmm. over 100. And the last one... For the Bo Bichette was 25, and I asked him, what do you want? 85 for the Mitchell and 25 for the Bichette. So he was spot on, and I bought those, and when we got home, took the old Ray-Ban cloth out and polished up that prism Donovan Mitchell. I think it's crispy. I think no, it's a chance for a 10. Very crispy. And then the Bo Bichette has blue borders, um, so it's it's a tough card, and I would say that was pretty crispy too. might be a 9 or something in there. So I thought you got two very good cards, but you're right. Uh, that was a crispy card and, and a nice little pickup that you got, but it was crazy. They were right on the comps, and he had another card there. I want to say it was a Jamal Murray one of one, which was a crazy card. And he said he couldn't find comps for it, or there's some things he couldn't find comps for. So, and that's what you're going to run into because you're getting all these crazy cards. You see all these crazy cards. I'm like, where's that? And he's like, I remember him saying a couple times, I don't have a comp for it. He was basically selling stuff that. You know, that he saw on eBay that was comp for, which I, I think that was cool. He gave you fair prices. Well, one thing I like to do at the card show, some people aren't, aren't like this, some people are, but when you get a box of, let's say, $5 cards, I don't want to leaf through dollar cards, but, you know, $5 cards, I feel like you look through there, you get a lot of $5 cards that could be 10 15 or probable 25 in the future. So I like ripping through a box. You can go through them really quick. So I got through a box and cleaned up on like a few little Zion rookies here and a cool Matisse Thibel cracked ice and, you know, just some uh, Lewis Robert here and there for five bucks at a pop. So I like going through the boxes. Uh, this guy's was color coded uh, based on the, the colors, three, four, five and so on. But one thing about a card show and everybody will say this, myself included, when you're a buyer, you want the seller to put the price tag on it. The guys that have their case, and you got to ask this, ask that, and then they look up, they think about it, they eBay comp it. So just put the price on there, mm-hmm. even if it's a little bit more than what you think you're going to get for it, and then let's start from there. I'm with you. Um, nothing worse is when you're like, how much is that? And like, give me a price. No, bro, I'm not the one. You're the one selling it. Give me the price. You know what I mean? So it's like um, I try to tend to stay away from stuff like that. That's why the kid had these ones labeled or he knew exactly what the price is, but he's like 200, 125. I, I don't mind if they tell you right out, but I'm, I'm with you. Put the sticker on there, but then if he goes, we'll work it. Like the first guy we went to, he had Lamellos for 45, which everybody else had him for 20, but he's putting it for 45 thinking, okay, we'll make me an offer. And he's trying to wheel and deal. Just put the right price on there and go from there. So I think in terms of our competition, again, I, I felt pretty great about all of the stuff I bought. I think you feel similar. I think that I'm starting to pivot into stalwarts and big stars, which I'll get to. But at the same time, in terms of the competition, I've been kind of telling you don't buy packs and boxes. But your 125 that you paid for that prison basketball, I think that it's, once it's actually next- evened out probably my pack. I mean, like, listen, if I sell the card for like that could be a thousand dollar profit. OK, that box. I, yeah, I get it. So if I sell the card for like twelve hundred. Mm hmm. I've probably blown about 
400 in packs gambling. So I'm getting, and that was 125 and then the football box was dead. So probably about 800 in packs. So I'm probably up 500 on the packs if I sell that LeBron. So I hit one and listen, I got like a second year Zion. That's a $10 bill. I got the, 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 um, Durant, Durant, Durant prison. That's probably like a $20 bill. Um, so yeah, uh, but you're right. I mean, I'm going to start, you and I both had talked about Jeter because he's going in the hall of fame and that's who you're, you're starting to come with. Um, I've come with Mount Castle and McNeil who've gotten off to slow starts, but listen, it's a long season. Um, you got Solar who's gotten off to a slow start. So hopefully they get banging here in a little bit, but yeah, I mean, the, the thing, the one thing that's we've noticed that's holds in this market are Jeter and LeBron well, especially and, and Michael Jordan. It's just you just don't lose value on those cards, whatever they are. You know what I mean? For sure. And I think, too, as let's get into the segment of the show here where, look, we're timing this thing for the Nationals. And I it's almost like it's meant to be. But I honestly cannot even believe all the things that are colliding for the Nationals. So here we are. The 28th through August 1st, July 28th through August 1st is the Nationals. So that week, the 25th of that week, the Hall of Fame induction. Jeter, he's going to be hot at the show. The 29th of that week, the NBA draft. The 31st, the MLB trade deadline. deadline, And and, and even the Olympics. Mix in the Olympics for the hot dream team stuff and your USA cards. So, I mean, a lot of worlds are are colliding. And I think that Jeter, his basic tops with the green infield in the back, the number 98 draft pick card, I think that that is going to be smoking at the show. And uh, yeah, because it's a it's a base card. It's still affordable. Would you say, Caleb? Is that why you think it's going to be hot? And it'll probably be. It's like it's going for one forty, anywhere from one hundred to one hundred fifty raw. Now, if you want to grade well, for it the, for the for the tops gold, the tops gold. Yeah, I, I got a tops gold for about one twenty. I thought I got a deal on, but really, his number ninety eight, the basic tops right now, you can probably you can pluck for about twenty five to thirty. And I think that you get to the nationals, that's more like a fifty dollar card. So. I've been working the the Jeter market. I got that tops gold. I've got a few in my watch queue for some. Show them to you. Did you have them on you? Yep. We'll we'll, we'll show it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but at the same time, I think that Jeter is going to be one of the one of the hot commodities. I, if you if you would have to guess that card that the tops gold. Um, I, I paid one nineteen. I'd hope to get two hundred. I would think all all day every day as soon as he gets inducted. No mm-hmm. raw. They're going to be raw because you're not going to be able to get it graded no. by that time. But. No. So I think people are going to buy raw. So and Jeter right now is somewhat still affordable if you don't want to go for for some raw cards. So I think Jeter. Here's the other part about this, Kelbs. You're going to start having doing your research about the trade deadline, and maybe a, a guy's going to go to a playoff team, and you might be able to pick somebody up um, on the basketball side. That's going to be a big thing right before the Nationals because, listen. What have you done for me lately is so huge in this card business that I've I've realized big time. Um, so when guys are striking hot in the playoffs, it's like they did in the bubble and, and the cards took off, um, pay attention to the trade deadline because if guys go somewhere to a winning place and their cards are a little undervalued and they make a little dip, bit of a deep run, you're going to start making a little value on those cards. All right, now here's where I start to take the lead in this competition, Paul. Wow. Because I've got a card that I've had my eyes on for about six months now, and I really think that this could go down as a real um, a grail, as somebody commented on my Instagram page like six months ago. So here's the deal. When Prism came out last year, 
they'll have the they'll have Kevin Durant, but he's still in last year's uni. He's in the Warriors uni, and nobody really wants that card. So they're always a little they're a year behind if a guy gets traded. So Prism, he doesn't have a Nets uni. But in Chronicles, which is a late season uh, release, which is a mishmash of all these different sets, so they actually put in some Prism, the exact same design for the guys that weren't in the original release, and they've even got the silvers in there. <clears throat> So I've been looking at this Kevin Durant. It's a 508, and I've been looking at this market on eBay for this specific car for a while. There's not many of them. And with him being out for a while, the, the market has softened a little bit. But I ended up landing a PSA 9. There was one for 250 buy it now. There was one for 230 And then there was an auction. So I'm going to wait on the two buy it nows, and I think the auction will, will go for less than that. And it did. So the auction for the PSA 9, the PSA 10s in my mind are a little too expensive right now. But the PSA 9 landed for 163 So already we got a pretty good value off the lowest list. So you're telling me those three cards have taken the lead. Now you say three. I didn't just buy one. Look, when I got back... I, I understand. When I, I understand. got back into investing, here was, here was my thing. Was this is I the won- first time Caleb's shit-talking on, on podcasts, <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to build volume. And my first instinct is, when I find a card that I like and I can afford and I want to invest in, my next thought is, I should get another one of those. You buy them in lots. So I've got one nine... And I've got two Raws. These things hit, right? Now, here's the deal about the Kevin Durant prism. It's his first year with the Nets Uni. And when you look at the LeBron Silvers that came out of the actual set, how many LeBron prism Silvers have been graded right now? Uh, over 3,000. 3,000, yeah. And how many Durant prism Silvers have been graded? A little bit over 100. So I think that by the time we get to the Nationals and the Nets make their run in the playoffs and... Dare we say we get the East versus West, New York versus L.A., LeBron versus Durant. These things, people are going to realize how rare they are. Okay. All right, let's remind people. Um, by the way, again, um, we still owe a John Morant to somebody. Um, please, Jackson, we'll get him. Jackson, please mm-hmm. uh, DM us if you're listening to this. Um, uh, I picked up what, – what did we pick? We went to Jimmy's yep. again on Friday. Instagram I picked Live. up one card. I picked up a Mountcastle um, patch. Uh, I know that you picked up a couple cards. What were the cards that you picked up at Jimmy's? So I actually went to Jimmy's website, yeah, KentuckyRoadshowShop.com. And what I like about how Jimmy's website is formatted, obviously you split it into the different sports, but he's also got a tab under $40. And I was liking what I saw on the under $40 tab. I got a, a widescreen mojo, hashtag jersey underscore mojo. Well, show him that little, like, that crazy cracked ice. What was, what was that cracked ice card? So we got the mojo LeBron, widescreen, yeah, going show, up for a dunk for the bubble. That's pretty cool, yeah. Got a Karis LeVert Excalibur rookie. It was an auto and a jersey. Now, Jimmy, there was a couple of these on eBay for about 75 Jimmy had this thing listed at 35 Had to buy that. And then how about just a pretty classic base card of the GOAT, MJ Decade of... Dominus. I don't even know who the grading company is. USASportsCard.com. Nine show, it, show it on Look, It looked great, man. Jimmy had 12 bucks on it, so we had to do it. Yeah, and then before I left, I was like, what do you think about Zach Levine? And it's a poorly cut card. It's a Marvel card, you know? Um, and then meanwhile, he drops 50 the next night. It's pretty crazy. I bought this for 5 bucks. I was just messing around. But I've been getting offers, by the way, on Embiid, because if he's still, still taking control, um, it's up for sale. Um He's, I want to say right now, in the lead for the MVP. Wouldn't you say? He had a little injury to derail things, but I, I but think But he's that back on track. At the point of the injury, I think that he was the leader for the MVP. Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. Um, 
We still are going to go back to Jimmy's this week on Friday to pop some packs. We're going to do the live show from his shop on Monday, too, next week. So you'll be able to talk to Jimmy and have him. He's going to be a guest next week. Um, I feel like if you're not on the lives, this way you can hear it on this and get some of Jimmy's knowledge on how he built his collection. Um, it's pretty amazing. Um, and, and just get some more insight with him. So we'll be doing that this week. Um what else we got going on, Caleb? Well, I we're, we're going to be uh, staying in our eBay queue and uh, filling some deals too. Yes, I think eventually we're going to have an Instagram live where we're going to put our want list out, and then we're going to allow listeners and fans and viewers to come into the chat and then see if we would be willing to make the purchase. Yeah, that is true. I mean, I we I, we've said this every time during the Instagram chats. You are more than welcome to bring your collection in. I've had people hit me up on Instagram saying that he's got Mount Castles that he's wanting to give me and this and that. So, like, hit us up on Instagram. Hit us up on, you know, the Extra Points pod. And don't forget Card Wars. If you're looking for Card Wars, it's under Money Grab. Um, and just go under Money Grab. It's a, it's a series of uh, podcasts uh, under Extra Points where you can get a ton of different podcasts that are great, and you also get Card Wars. But, again, um, we always ask a trivia question from this show, and we give a, a free $200 prison pack of basketball, which is, listen, all you got to do is listen to the show, subscribe, rate it, and you get a $200 free pack if you enter. And I'm saying the last pack we pulled, we pulled a couple decent packs. We pulled a, we've pulled actually pulled better packs for the, besides my LeBron, the packs that we've pulled for the fans have been better than the ones that we've opened. Well, minus the LeBron, but I will say this, on Friday at Jimmy's when we opened up a Topps tribute which i think are beautiful cards uh, they pulled out a jose garcia which is the young shortstop for the reds yeah. he's kind of coming up from the minors and starting to play in the big leagues i like him and i've tried to look for his cards last year he didn't have any so one of our uh, listeners got to pull a hand signed jose garcia which i was kind of jealous of because that is a beautiful card for a red shortstop it, in the future. It, yeah if he's if he's starting shortstop next year that's a 250 300 card for just listening to the podcast so um Let's look at some some things here in the industry, some overarching ideas. And this came out recently, and it was getting a lot of buzz on Instagram. And it was the sales price for the first Prism PSA 10 of the main rookie. So let's go back two years. The first Luca PSA 10. And keep in mind, when the first PSA 10 comes back, they always pay up for it because it's the first one off the market. And mm -hmm. sometimes that, that market will subside a little bit. But the first Luca rookie PSA 10 back in... October 2019 sold for $98. Okay. The next year, the first Le the first Zion PSA 10, after Luca goes for 98, the first Zion PSA 10 goes for 561 a year later. Well, now the first Lamello PSA 10 has landed 1850. Okay. That's it, a, a three-year queue. You're going from $98 up to $1850 for your premier rookie. No, listen. We've talked about this. Um, it's gone insane, and I don't see it slowing down for a little while. I think a lot of people are like, oh, it's cautious. It might die again. Um, I don't know. I could have bought a PSA 10 Michael Jordan three years ago for 25000 cash. Uh, there's 500, one, there, quarter million, there's one right now, if you look on eBay, that has five uh, five days left, and it's already up to 500000 So, I mean, like hindsight is 2020 i get it but if you were able to dump in and foresee this i mean you could have bought 
the LeBron rookies, the Trout card at one time, I want to say my buddy was looking at that and was like two and a quarter. Um, uh, and so you have so many cards that have gone up. And like, I think when everybody sort of realizes that's why the Sotos and the Acunas might be a little bit flooded, but I still think they're worth money, obviously, because they're the two young best built players and the prospects. But it's crazy how much these cards have moved up. And then I love how the older cards are getting respect. They're not just pumping up all these insert cards, too. Mm-hmm. If you have older cards, even though they're four and fives, I seem I feel like the regular person can afford the four and fives of their favorite player, like a Sandy Koufax or something like that, where a PSA 10 is just sometimes out of their league. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that one of the reasons for the premium price on the Lamello is that, you know, somebody had to pay the super express fee because they basically halted all PSA submission. So now the PSA 10s are going to be at an even higher premium this year. And with all the money that's coming into the market, you know, there's there's realigning and rearranging with big money. So two of the biggest entities have, con- have gone in a different direction. PSA was public. You could have bought stock for about $35 a pop uh, about a year or so ago. Yeah. And now for some $850 million, they got bought and they went private. Tops, though, who is the name in trading cards going back to the 50s, they are now going to go public yes. for what was about, a, I think, a $1.3 billion evaluation. Keep in mind, uh, about a quarter of that is a part of the candy company. So we're talking a billion dollars. And the thing about Tops and what they've already released and it's the sign of the future for cards is that they're going to get into this NFT space, right? These these digital highlights. They got a top Series 1 digital deal coming out, which, you know, I'm, I, I'm not too too you, excited or I understand, with. but don't you think now that they're seeing the Prism stuff take off that Tops is like, okay, we're still Tops. You still want the Tops-based rookie card. I mean... Let's be honest. Like, that was always the thing. Mm-hmm. You still want it. Do you think they're going to come with more inserts, more different uh, different one-on-ones, and like, 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 like sort of what Panini and Prism has sort of done and make different inserts? Listen, I know that I am signed. Listen, I was a guy that was a mediocre player, uh, and they asked me to sign um, in the second series set. So I think they're coming back with a lot of guys. You're going to see some – Old school guys that made all-star teams in the 80s and 90s. Signed cards, 101s, 25 of 25s. They're going to be different colors. I think Tops is starting to rebrand a tiny bit towards the success that Prism has had with these cards getting pulled. And when they get pulled, you're, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to, I think, jump their packs up a little bit, wouldn't you say? I'm still blaming Panini. For them, I don't want to say losing business because business is still going well. But the fact that these NFTs have blown up and Top Shot and, and the vintage market is because Panini did not get the cards out quick enough, right? If you go back to the last season, the season started in November, Prism dropped in December. You didn't have to wait. You had no wait. Whereas this year, you start the season, you got to wait four whole months past the trade deadline or past the all-star game and the trade deadline. And now you're at the back half of the season. Nobody wanted to buy hoops for 500 a box. Nobody grade certified. Where was the product from Panini? Is that why hoops and Donruss right now is like, they're actually pretty hot because there's well, no pin. Exactly. Yeah. And, they, and, and they still have your big sets, your immaculates, your flawless and so on. It took them forever 
three or four months late on getting premier product you think, out. I mean, I know there's a pandemic. I know this and that. You think, I mean, maybe that has something to do with it. Um, and they I think they need to outsource the production. Like when, when they say supply and demand, everybody knows that demand is about 20x supply. I've gone, a, I've gone a year. I haven't seen one basketball pack at Target. So if ever it, it weighed out, would be a time where you could go to Target and there'd be some loose packs there. So they need to increase their production, which I know is easier said than done. But when you got a whale market and you can't get the premier product out for four months, they lost out on the money that went to Top Shot and on the money that went backwards into vintage because mm-hmm. nobody had a reasonable price or a reasonable chase card for basketball for four months over half the season. Yeah, I, listen, I think Tops is going to surprise you with something exquisite. I think they're going to come out with some kind of line where it's an autograph box and you just get like 10 cars. We got a preview on the definitive. Yeah. It's it, come out two weeks ago. I, and I get it. Like, I think, and I think they're going to turn that up. Like, something to that aspect and, and, and like go, okay, here you go, Prism. Now you want to deal with us. I understand you're going to deal with some. I, I have a feeling from what I got from the phone call from the MLPA, there's a lot of guys signed up to sign cards. Dontrell Willis is signing cards. I talked to Chipper. He's going to sign in, in a couple sets. Um, who else did I talk to? Oh, I talked to Jared Weaver. He's going to be in that set. Um, a lot of guys in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, they're going to be throwing out monster sets. Um, and them going public is pretty cool to be honest with you i mean i've been collecting tops my whole life and still to me i'll take a tops card over anybody else it's just that's just the way i you know if you're old school you're a tops collector it's just the bottom line the thing about as we started this show for the purpose of winning the contest you know we kind of mentioned that we would focus on buying graded cards but the way i look at it is i'm still buying raw cards and when i sell these to somebody in person at the nationals we can look at it and look if it looks good you know, you can play a little bit more off the, the somewhere in between the 9 and 10 price, mm-hmm. right? So I, I'm certainly willing to buy raw if I'm selling in person. I would not sell a raw card over, over eBay. Over eBay, Because yeah. everybody knows. I think they've, they've tried to help out the seller a little bit, but eBay is so, so, so buyer-friendly. Like that Durant that I went for, for 163 or something. Um, I put in like a top bid of 225. So they only bid up for you. Yes. So you're willing to pay this, but eBay only makes you pay that. Yeah. And then they used to have a 30-day return policy, and guys can get these things in the car in the mail. And one guy told a story on a podcast where you know he sold a DeAndre Hunter silver. Okay. Well, then three weeks later, the guy's trying to tell him that it's got a corner or a print line or something. And he looked at it. Who knows if that guy didn't swap out another silver that yeah, he had? Yeah, exactly. Since the bad one. So I wouldn't sell raw on eBay, but when we or looking at people eye-to-eye, man-to-man, yeah. in, in person at the Nationals, I'm willing to sell a clean, crispy, raw. Well, I will tell you this. Listen, you buy a lot off Starstock, um, and your nines, and they rate them, you know, A's and B's. I tell you what, all the A's that you've gotten have been crispy. They're mm-hmm. honest as can be. All the eights you've got are actually crispy, but they, you know, they got it down right. I mean, all the nines that you've gotten and all the packs that you've gotten, show them your... Um, you got Roberts and you got some Ian um, yeah, Andersons. Yeah. And the lots that he got in the Ian Andersons, I'll show them to you on here. But see, he bought a lot of Ian Andersons and they're just crispy. They, they, they come crispy. They're, they're really good cut cards and you can see how he bought a lot of them. But that's what Kale's been doing on Starstock. And you, when you get A's, they come out. I mean, some of these are nines and t- I would say none of these are eights. 
I would say a couple or tens. So when you go on Starstock, they're honest with their A's and B's, wouldn't you say? I think that there's a couple ways to approach it when a product comes out. So when a product comes out and the things start landing on eBay, for the upper tier stuff, you probably want to wait because the price is going to be higher than it's going to be in maybe two months when the thing fizzles out a little bit. But if you are buying the inexpensive base rookies, get them right when they start breaking the boxes. boxes. Because now they're going to separate them. You know that they didn't look at to see if they want to get graded. And these guys do huge box breaks. They'll separate 17 rookies here in a lot. They're going to go for super cheap. They're going to put them on auction because they want to get rid of them in a week. And that's when you got to you got to pile them up. So yeah. for when you're looking for the inexpensive ones, hit them right when the box releases and they start breaking them. Great. Question from a fan. With Julian Edelman retiring, do you think his stock will go up? Is he a Hall of Famer? Um, Is he going to the Bucks? Well, here's my deal. That's a very, very good question. Because when you look at Julian Edelman catches now, like we're in a different era where passing stats are above a different level. Now, would I consider Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? I don't know. Would you consider Julian Edelman better than Wes Welker? I would, I would, I would probably lean against Edelman being a Hall of Famer right now. I would, I, he's a Super Bowl hero. Okay, I get it. But with, overall, was he a better player than Wes Welker? No. Is Wes Welker a Hall of Famer? No. So I don't think he, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I don't think his stock will go up. Um, Just not a lot of star power. Put it this way. uh, Unless you're like, name a receiver where his cards are out the roof. It's true. There's, there's. That's the one thing about investing is, we talked about this with Jimmy, quarterbacks rule in, in, in football. Actually, big men don't rule because if you think about it, Shaq's a little undervalued Mm -hmm. compared to everybody else in basketball. And in baseball, young guys with a lot of power intrigue people. Young guys that have tools that people can dream that can hit 50 home runs and then make that card. So I'd probably say no when it comes to Julian Edelman's stock going up. It might go up a tiny bit because he's retiring, but it's not going to go up immensely. Like I like the prospect of buying football cards, and I – made a huge investment last fall in buying football cards. I probably won't buy any for sales money because I just feel like July 28th is not going to be a prime time to sell. True. But I, I do think that I'll give a quick tip when I would start, I decided once the basketball cards started getting a little too expensive, going to the bubble and baseball was drumming up and all of a sudden prices that I knew would win the auction weren't winning the auction. I said, look, this is back in July. I need to pivot to football. And I just started buying in the sleepy off season 25 lots at a time for super cheap but as i sold them on star stock ended up selling coming up on almost 2,000 sales the one stalwart which is just you put the money into them that you want to they break a lot of donruss base rookies rated rookies not the optic just a simple donruss and they'll you'll have a lot of eight tuas or 12 joe burrows or this and that i mean i bought 10 kyler murray's for a hundred dollars they were ten dollars a pop I took my best three, sent them to the PSA. The other seven went to Starstock. I think all but one got A's. One of them sold for 65. One of them sold for 57. I mean, the Donruss base rookie quarterbacks, they're, you're making money all day on them. Even the Josh Allens. I was buying Josh Allens for, I think, 7 to 10. You add the 25, wait a year to get graded. Now the PSA 10s are 250. 250. The margins 
as I know, I'm not going to be buying much football for this competition, but just I want to let everybody know the margins on the Donruss based quarterbacks is a honey hole for football. Well, I guess and I, I saw it at firsthand. I actually think it's a good idea. I even told you, like, with Big Ben sort of descending a little bit, I think Josh Allen is a decent investment. I love their, their coach, Sean McDermott. You got to put that all into consideration. They're a young team. He's a defensive minded coach. He's letting Josh do his own thing. Josh is a big old boy. I think he'll be able to stay healthy because of his size. And to to show his improvement from year one, two to three, I mean, it's been amazing. And I compare him a little bit to Elway, and I think this kid is on his way because I also think Buffalo now is going to control that division for a little while. And I get Belichick reloaded back up, but Cam Newton's still his quarterback. So uh, I just think that Buffalo might control that division for uh, two, three years, and Josh Allen might have a shot at winning a Super Bowl. So he could be a decent investment. Yeah, I can't believe we got to this football tangent, but one more idea here. As we got the question from the fan about Julian Edelman, people are thinking that maybe he joins back up with Brady on the super team. But the one QB, going back to these Donner spaces that I would just pile up right now, which I won't do for the competition because this is about selling at the peak, but Trent Dilfer said this on a show, and I remembered he said, look, this is what I do, quarterback cams. He said, the best prospect that I have seen is Tua Tungavailoa. And I look at him with the Dolphins, who have been surging the last two years. Let's not forget that at the beginning of last year, their aggregate for their first two games, they lost 100-7 to or something. Mm-hmm. And they, everybody said they were giving up on the coach. And by the end of the year, they beat Tom Brady uh, in Foxborough to take his home field advantage away, and they looked really good this year. And people were saying, well, Tua wasn't throwing it down the field. I think that was a product of a risk management game-calling plan from the coach. So once they take the training wheels off and listen in to – Trent Dilfer say defiantly that this is the best prospect he's seen and this is what he does. I think Tua out of this class. Burrow, I don't know if the if the squad's going to be good enough around him. Herbert had a good season, but you got to wonder if his stock's going to drop because it's so high. Is Jordan Love going to ever hit the field? Do they even like the guy in, in Philly? I think Tua is going to be the guy out of this draft. Well, I get what you're saying because we'll, we'll go back to Philly. Yeah, when you're bringing in Nate Sudfield, I'm not a Jalen Hurts fan. Um Getting rid of, rid of Fitzmagic, I think that will help Tua. Tua, to me, watching him play last year, he was dumping a lot of stuff. He didn't want to make mistakes. Now I think they give him the reins to let him throw the ball down the field. He's going to have to learn to throw the ball um, down the field. So, yeah, I, 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 I get where you're going there. I mean, I'm not a Daniel Jones guy. There's just certain guys that you need to stay away. But a guy like Tua, who has a dynamic, a dynamic background at Alabama, so he's already got a name. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Let, let, you got to think about this. Johnny Manziel's cards were hot before he even threw a pass in the NFL. I watched his first NFL game. I'll never forget. I called my father. I said, this kid will never play a snap in the NFL because he's already knows where he's going with the ball. He can only ad-lib. And he literally made it to the NFL because he beat Alabama, and I'll give it to him. It was one of the most unbelievable performances of all time by a quarterback. It was unreal. And I know he's had some issues, whatever, but he was too small. He couldn't play the position in the NFL. But now we're looking at a draft class with Mel Kuyper saying we could be, see the best you know, prospects since John Elway and, and Andrew Luck. So I trust somebody like that. I think Trevor Lawrence is, I know, going to be a tiny bit expensive, but Urban Meyer's got a, what's his win percentage overall? I think at college, his career win percentage, I believe, is right at 
percent. So I don't think it's going to dip too much. I think they got a decent enough squad over there that I get it. The Trevor Lawrence's are probably going to go through the roof because he's the number one pick, but I still think he's going to be a good investment. Now, the amateur American career, I do think, plays a big role in the hobby, and we just saw it last year. Because when you look at basketball, the two hottest names in the hobby, other than LeBron, who was the 15-year stalwart, was Giannis. He didn't have an American amateur career. Nobody even knew who he was or how yeah. to pronounce his name. You learned about him three years in. Luka. Luka, Luka didn't have a, a, an amateur career. Now you bring Zion, who I saw videos of Zion when, when he was like 14 doing dunks, and Everybody watched him at Duke with Barack Obama sitting in the first row with him deflating the ball because he's so strong or blowing through a Nike or having this epic game versus Central Florida. So Zion, that's one of my favorite cards is the prism, red, white, and blue. It's Zion is America, the amateur yeah. athlete in this. So I think that Zion's profile that was already established with the American sporting public was one of the reasons that the rocket ship took off last year in basketball. Yeah, and he's a well-liked kid, too. Um, his personality, the way he handles things, he came back, he lost weight, everybody was on him a little bit that he you know, was a little overweight, came back in great shape, playing, playing a ton of minutes, and he's a gamer. Um, when you watch him play, he's a dog. I mean, he's out there rebounding. I love that he's on the offensive glass a lot, too. Um he just needs to stay healthy, Caleb. The sky's the limit for this kid. I mean, he's got a body that's still, I mean, is he even 21 yet? Yeah, right. Come. I mean, like, so my thing is he still has some baby fat. Like, when he actually gets in that weight room and he's been getting in the weight room, I mean, they can't control him now. He's He is a left-handed, bigger version of Charles Barkley sometimes when I look at him. I got to say with Zion, though, I was a little bit worried at the beginning of the season. And the reason was, you know, he had the injury and he had like a, a super freaky, like 45, 46 type vertical, which I guess can only last so long. At the beginning of the year, he was playing well. His field goal percentage is always insane. But he was kind of um, bulldozing his way in and putting he was kind of Mr. Layup yeah. to start the year. And I wonder, are we ever going to see that? block versus Virginia or like the through the legs that we saw in high school. And as the season's progressed, I really do see him getting the superhuman type of hops back, which is the appeal, you know, him being able to soar through the sky, uh, MJ rookie card. Think about that. You know, the, the, the dunking and the vertical is huge on the basketball hobby appeal. And I do think that as the season's gone on, other than the fact that he's had these incredible stats, and he's very consistent. One last thing about Zion. It's amazing how you look at the box score. He's always in the twenties. He's like Jimmy mm. Butler. He doesn't feel like he needs to score 38. He scores 24, 29, mm. 26, 27, and then spreads the stats and the love around, which is what I really appreciate about his game. Yeah, and the thing about it is, too, listen, he had a year to play. Then the pandemic hits, um, and sort of he has to take time off. He has the injury. And now this is like literally his first full season because they had a minutes restriction on him when he first, you know, this is the first time they're letting him play. Let's go through the 82-game series. And you're right. He's a double-double machine um, that could turn into something special. We all know. All right. So let's quickly review where we're at within the contest. You have spent a little bit more. Yes. And you have shown more risk by being willing to, to break the wax. Yes. I feel better about my penny for penny, dollar for dollar. But at the same time, you have the first whale of the show with the orange cracked ice LeBron. You've got the Joel Embiid. You've got the Oscar. Yeah, I, I, I got the Oscar Robinson, which... I paid two fifty for, mm -hmm. and my buddy offered me two fifty for it. So I think I might just break even on it. 
I might just break even on it, sell it to him. He's a big O fan, not making any profit. He just wants to hang it on his little, you know, his collection. So I might just get the 250 back for that. If I sell the LeBron for like 1300 um, See, I don't know I'm if you're right. gonna be. I don't know if you're gonna be great at this because you like being good to people. You like tipping well. You're you've never you never try to squeeze a penny out of anybody. But it's kind of the name of the game for the contest. Listen, it's called good karma. I tip you whatever. Maybe I pull out something nice. All right, so we are going to be back this weekend once again with our man Jimmy at the Kentucky Roadshow Shop, and we're also going to be looking to record our next podcast from there as well. So Yeah, we'll be recording that on Monday, but again, giving away packs on Friday, and tune in Monday, because we might do this, we're going to do the podcast, and we might, Jimmy might have it live in his store, so pay attention, watch the podcast, because Knowing Jimmy, he might be giving away packs on the live. I, I just know knowing that. So when we're gonna do this podcast next week, it it's gonna be live on Kentucky Roadshow's uh, Instagram. So and mine too. I'll get mine up. And knowing Jimmy, he's probably gonna give away packs. Card Wars rolls on. Shout out to Cousin Sal for funding this venture on the Extra Points podcast. You can find us under the Money Grab search queue to find Card Wars there on the Apple Podcasts. And until next time, may all your rookie cards be gems. <laughs>